Hi, this is Russ Benson. I am a Liverpool supporter, and you're listening to Drunkard United Football Show. You all need Jesus. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think that raccoon needed Jesus to be quite. <laughs> that honest raccoon with you. was already condemned to hell. I think. <laughs> well, and apparently, I gave it a chicken tender and uh, a peanuts and its last rites. You know, <laughs> I have a joke, but we're gonna need to start the show here in a second. You know what? It's only the most white womanly thing to do. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland, bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye, Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smells of a lord, but straight and short. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, my co-host... <coughs> Ruining her daughter's hopes and dreams to become a world-class keeper because, well, the other one needed her iPad. <laughs> My co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. How you doing, sir? Not bad, thank you. You know, it's just, I wait for the material. It comes to me. That's it's fine. Always from, it's always on from the old noggin every single time whenever I introduce you. That's fine. Yeah, yeah she was faking in all those texts she sent. She said after you punched her in the face, uh, she didn't want to play <laughs> soccer anymore, period. So it was pretty much your fault anyway. Uh, you know, I, I, I take full responsibility I, for that. I took her knee out so you didn't have to feel that guilt but well you know see you 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 gotta get ahead and get them set if you're gonna do goalkeeping training that's a decision you decided to make we need to let you know right away exactly what the fuck you're getting here to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're recording at the DU public house just outside the nation's capital you can check us out wherever you get your podcast and of course streaming live every single monday night should you want to chat with us, there are as many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Of course. It is at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email if you'd like to talk to this podcast. Very good. Well, via instant message, and this podcast. will lead us into our next segment. Yeah, that's a bit I'm already getting annoyed with. <laughs> that's the point. So good. It's working. Well, what I would hope is that you would do a video and remember to tell everybody the I whole did that. point. You, you just, just fucking just didn't. Do How it could they forget? <sighs> How many views did mine get? Not nearly as many as mine. <laughs> oh, because you're just third. so cute. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking professional. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm also a professional. Real... I'm also you know you know why mine got views because my producer gave me critiques, told me things I needed to be doing better. I did them better and got more views because I can take a fucking critique. People like my funnies. <laughs> yeah, they also like your grip of the English language. People as well. like my funnies. I mean, the views would suggest otherwise, but I'm willing for you two to compete. All right. So, anyways, everybody, Just take my shirt off. I get loads um, of views. Remember from our fantasy league. I'm okay with that. From our fantasy league, uh, each. Uh, person in each division, if they won the league, they got a free bottle from the top 25, yes. right? Yes. And, <clears throat> I'm sorry, from the top 20. And this. if it was one of us who won it, which was the case of Division 1, 
<laughs> they still got it right because you won For the, the league second time. Yeah. And Brody got the bottle. Well, our boy Jim got the bottle, and this was after we had done the whiskey show. So a lot of them were like quarter full bottles, right? Yep. So I ended up sending him three, you know, kind of <clears throat> just to make yeah. up the place for it. He just uh, said, I don't have the palette you guys have, so I can't always tell you why I like some stuff. That said, the Blue Note loved it. The Brooklotti loved it. The Craig Lachie dug it, not as much as the other two. Uh, he loves Lafroig, Balvini, and Abelor. And for ba- and for bourbons, he really loves uh, Basil Hayden and Knob Creek for a reference. But okay. he uh, he gave a report back on how he liked the whiskeys. Nice, awesome. Yeah, the Blue Note was surprising for me. I thought that yeah. was a lot better than its price point suggested. Yeah, very. I was very, very happy with that one. Deserved to be a top ten. Yeah, it was very good. For still, sure. I still have a bottle of that. So that's, yeah, I that's thought that was cool. very good. Yeah, I w- I was quite impressed by that. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. We are into the top 10, Mr. Graham. In fact, good old number nine. Tell us what we're drinking tonight. Uh, So we have the Bardstown Bourbon Company's Collaborative Series Four Square Rum Finished. Uh, This comes in at 107 proof um, and should run you right around $160. I think when I got it, it was about $180. Roughly around there. Panel rating was 94. Um, and this is a blended American bourbon. And your blurb comes to you from Shane English of the Whiskey Advocates Tasting Panel. Uh, and it goes like this. This whiskey from Bardstown leaps out of the glass with cocoa nibs, chocolate croissant, croissant. Uh, since, you know, if you listen to the sound check, you knew we were talking about French people earlier. Mm-hmm. So a, uh, a chocolate croissant, a cigar box, and banana split aromas. The blend of seven-year-old Indiana rye and 17-year-old Tennessee bourbon is finished in rum barrels for nearly two years, imparting flavors of syrupy fruits, fig jam, overripe bananas, and cherry cola. While the nose is assertive, the palate is more subdued, allowing delicate flavors of leather, cherry, cordial, um, sorry, that's cherry cordial. I thought there was a common there that wasn't. Uh, and berry smoothie to shine. The finish is long and rich with chocolate malt, cinnamon candies, and toffee, uh, fading to charred oak and maple syrup. So, few things. Uh, uh, they rated it a 94. I don't know if mm-hmm. I said that or not. And you said this was 160, but you got it for 180? I, I think I, I saw it on the shelf for 180, but <clears throat> they're generally... These whiskey advocate stuff mm-hmm. is based on like total wine chain prices, right. what not their price independent market stuff. The so this uh, this <laughs> like whiskey was on the list last year, but it was a plantation rum finish instead of a four square rum finish. Mm. Anybody that is a rum head, careful. Anyone, it, that's what it was called then, I, and now I it know. is called a different brand. It's a nugget for people that <laughs> buy the Patreon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a rum head, four square is the holy grail. Yeah. People go Big time. nuts for the stuff. Fucking yeah. nuts for four square. And to be able to do a collab series with them pretty big deal to pull off getting barrels they don't, from they don't just throw their barrels around anybody. No, they yeah. do not. It's a it's a huge deal for that. <clears throat> and it it's fucking delicious. Oh, it's stellar. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. We get very annoyed when there's certain whiskeys that are just overpriced for the list like for us it's like 150 feels to be the boundary where it should be and this list in particular particularly the top 10 has a lot that exceed that 
it was a very pricey list for us to do this year. Yeah, get that cacao up front. <clears throat> it's fucking great. It's fucking great. Um, I there, actually that berry smoothie. Now that it has an ice cube to it, I kind of do almost get like a. Are they? I know a passion fruit, but it's like an actual fruit by itself, right. like the name of a fruit. But when I think of passion fruits, I think of the old kind of smoothie bottles that had pictures right. of raspberries, blueberries, and strawberries on it. Are those still referred to as passion fruits, or are they passion berry now, or something like that? Like passion berry. So I kind of get a little bit of that almost raspberry, mm -hmm. not tart, but just almost a little bit of raspberry. It's delicious. I definitely get uh, on the finish. I get cherry cola on the nose, nose big yeah. time. Yeah, big time. Cherry cola, I'd agree with. Um, and I, I, it has to be said, cherry cola specifically, because that does imply a little bit of sugar. When you do cherry, sometimes it'll either taste or smell tart or also possibly medicinal and this is definitely cherry cola it's definitely that sweetness of the cherry it's it's delicious man yeah, yeah the um, ice it really opens up more yeah, on the ice huge and also uh just looking this over let's keep one thing in mind this is not a this is bardstown bourbon company this is not a bourbon because the primary whiskey that comes from indiana is 45% corn, 51% rye, and the rest malted barley. And then the 10, that's Indiana, that's MGP. Right. right. Um, and then the other 10%, uh, that's from Tennessee, that's Dickel. That's Dickel bourbon, because they sell their bourbon a lot. Right. Where uh, Jack doesn't, because Jack does the whole mellowing uh -huh. for Tennessee whiskey kind of uh -huh. thing, and they don't offer a bourbon at all. <clears throat> yeah, so this is the Bartown Bourbon Company, but this is not legally a bourbon. Right, and it says, it just says it's a whiskey. It's Correct. a blended whiskey on yeah, the yeah. label. Uh, it is delightful. It's very good. I have my it's own so personal good. issues with the the price point in comparisons to what the spirit of this list should be. Yeah. And we're going to say that a couple more times because there's a couple of whiskeys that, that are going to come expensive. up on. That are they're very expensive, and I guarantee you they're going to be fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like... There's one that, fortunately, our boy Ken is giving us tasters of. Like, it sold out when it came out in August. There was no getting it. What's the fucking point of putting it on the list? Right. Well, what was two years ago? It was the old Fit 17. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Like, what had, the fuck, man? It came out right as that list came out. And I had to pay ultra premium through a friend. Like, right. a friend wouldn't even give me fucking friend price. Like, I had to yeah. fucking pay real deal price on it. Yeah. So, because he knew what he had. Like, well, of course. Yeah, yeah, He knew what he had. So, um, Mr. Graham, what do we always need to do? Please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, I guess, Producer Mel, do you want more because yours is gone? Um, Maybe. Let me, uh, let me see how the first half of the show goes. <clears throat> I may need it for the second half. Well, you know. It is me and him talking. Ooh, I would say you probably will need to stay right here on mic for your first segment. All righty. <laughs> we open with the battle for the final Champions League spot. What? One team didn't play. One fucks. And one is a fucking fraud. Aston Villa 4, Nottingham Forest 2, Fulham 2, Manchester United 1. Obviously, the one that didn't play was Tottenham because Chelsea was in the League Cup final. Their match was supposed to be on Friday, and that, of course, got postponed. Yes. Is this the first time this season that Villa got first segment? Uh, no, they've gotten, no, they they got got first gotten first segment, segment when before. they beat fucking City, and then oh, they got first right. segment when they beat uh, <coughs> Arsenal. I just wanted you to remind me of those two things. <coughs> okay, very good. 
Yeah, but I also think you got first segment when you lost to Manchester United. Oh, I don't think that's true. Okay, very good. Um, Watkins scores early, and mm-hmm. here's something that's worth noting. 14 goals and 10 assists right now on the season. Yeah, he's uh-huh. having a phenomenal season. A phenomenal season. Only him and Mo Salah are double digits. Yeah. On both, yep. on both goals and on assists. On both goals and assists, yeah, because yeah. Bakuya Saka <laughs> hit his 10th. And then quickly after that, you know, within the first 30 minutes, uh, Douglas Weiss puts in a brace and they're up fucking three to nothing. Yeah. Back on that first goal, uh-huh. 211 seconds into the game, the fastest goal ever scored by Villa. By Villa. Okay, mm-hmm. very good, because I know there's been faster no, goals. No, no, no. By, by Villa, Villa. 211 <clears throat> seconds. I just thought that was uh, an interesting stat. Yeah, very good. And and then Louise gets two, and it seems like they're on virtual cruise control until the very end of the first half. It, Sam, stop doing math in your head. It's just going to make your, your three, steam come out Three your minutes and 31 seconds. Don't, just don't. Worry your pretty little head there. This is like another white woman thing, actually. (laughs) This is, oh, look, this is my 34 month old. Uh No, motherfucker. (laughs) You have a two year old until two months from now or whatever. (laughs) Fuck off. Okay. Very good. I hate that shit. Do you want to actually talk about the football? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Very good. Um, Fact of Ella fucking. So, which got the kid in the first place. (laughs) Ultimately, (laughs) ultimately, um, Villa dominated all but about 12 minutes of this game. Mm-hmm. And it was like six minutes either side of halftime, and that was it. Yeah, for us um, with the bookend goals. Yeah, and they were both Oof. very good goals yeah. as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pretty much every goal in this game was decent, Agreed. in my opinion. It was it was quite the spectacle, to be honest with you. Um, and the pass for Morton Gibbs' white goal was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, the pass for Leon Bailey's goal was even better than that. Yeah, it was. It was fucking great. Leon Bailey is having himself a season. Uh, yeah, he is as well. But breakout season, really. Mm-hmm. I think he's another one. I, 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 I'm I, not as familiar with him as I am with like Mikael Antonio, but I think Leon Bailey was also born in the UK, qualified for England, he, but has Jamaican parents. Yeah, he plays mm-hmm. for Jamaica. And, right, yeah. chose to, because he's never going to break into the England team, right. essentially decided to go with the country of his parents' birth so he could yep. play international football. Yep, yep. Um, which is very cool. And, I, you know, some players have done that for Canada. Junior Hoylett, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. think of, uh, moved to England very young and actually qualified for England, I believe, um, mm-hmm. through uh, being a naturalized citizen and then um, ended up, Going back to play for Canada, uh, Canada instead. Jamaicans love two things, Liverpool and Leon Bailey. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, But no, so what what this kind of signaled here, Villa had their little blip, Mm -hmm. right? Kind of like Arsenal did in December. Villa had their little blip maybe a month ago. This was the first performance start to finish where they had their swagger back altogether in my opinion mm-hmm. they right. didn't let the goals rattle them they came back it was what three to two mm-hmm. and villa was like yeah okay we still got this like they didn't look shook Mm-mm. at no, all not they kept one a, bit they kept um, a good pace they yeah. kept control of themselves it was it was a very mature very professional performance with some pretty slick football i was actually quite impressed and you know there what was it last week was it last week they won like three nil or three one or something? It was two one over uh, over Fulham. Two one over Fulham. There yeah. there were moments in that game where they looked a little shaky from time to time. Yeah, they were also in the week in before that same sort of thing where they yeah. looked shaky, despite a good performance overall. <clears throat> this was full swagtastic, like we are fucking Villa and we are fucking. Yeah, like they were back to what we've grown accustomed to this season. Yeah, um, in in full force it seemed. For me, it feels like they're back in the driver's seat. Yeah. 
You yeah. know, they really are. They are in control of their own destiny for that last championship. So, League Ray, spot. Kenny, all you lot, <clears throat> what we're saying is Villa are back. Manchester United are not. <laughs> we're going to get to that in a second. Um, and, of course, there the will difference be... difference is Villa only took three weeks off. <laughs> there will be news we'll come into in Oso with, uh, obviously, Everton's appeal. But before that, after this result, Forrest are square in that relegation battle. And... Although they've had decent results and have looked good under Nuno, they got to start getting some W's, man. But they're, they're still, like I said, they're doing it in spurts. They're doing yeah. it. I haven't seen uh, the West, I guess, was it West Ham they played last week, 1-2-0. No. That was their best performance in the last three months. Mm-hmm. And then they're back to a 12-minute snippet of good football. Right. It seemed, even with Awonyi. Right. Like, that's not a great... You know, thing Hudson Adoy and Alanga. I mean, they everything was fine really in this game for them. Fine being relative up until the final ball when they had possession. Like I, I thought they were relatively comfortable playing out of the back. I thought they were fairly organized. You know, Villa just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to that final pass or that shot, they only had three shots on target, and two of them obviously went in. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really challenge other than that they didn't really create dangerous opportunities other than that right so it's that where you have kind of come to expect from alanga hudson adoy gibbs white and awonyi when they're all playing together and and in in form and in tune um you know singing the same song they've looked dangerous even if they haven't gotten the goals they've looked really dangerous right in this game they didn't really look dangerous either right that's what i would be concerned with is it's almost a bit of a reductive performance from them from you know a, a couple of snippets here and there over the last few weeks where they've looked quite good yeah absolutely uh moving on to the next one uh let it be said very simply fulham were hands down the better side in this match oh yeah they were the better team and they deserved that win it felt almost like at one point united was smashing and grabbing for a draw in their own fucking building, Sam. Yeah. The 44th minute is when Manchester United finally registered a shot on goal. Yeah. At Old Trafford. Yeah. That's fucking embarrassing. That's bad. And I've said this for multiple weeks now. Allow <laughs> me to look right in the camera. And if there's United supporters out there, I don't care. United are a bunch of fucking frauds. That's it. Don't even think, go, oh, they're in the hunt for... Fuck you. They're frauds. Please. Please go ahead, Mr. Graham. Please keep watching and listening. (laughs) Uh, No, they can hate watch. (laughs) I fucking hate that bald fucker. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He supports Everton. His team fucking sucks. Don't care. Your team's still fucking frauds. Go ahead. I'm going to save my next comment for injury time, but I'm writing it down right now. Heard. But they are. I mean, they they turn in. They've actually been playing quite well the last few weeks. And then this. It's like, what are you doing? It's not even well. They well, it's well for, for what they've been. It's right. it's well. It's what it was in October when they had that run of like fucking eight games. It was yeah. It wasn't anything ever impressive. So they just this found for a me way to win. This for me was a bit of a weird game. I mean, Fulham <clears throat> were in control for large stretches of the game, but I didn't think to myself that United were playing poorly right. either. Um, 
necessarily. Again, there was a, a lot of this this weekend also. That final ball, that final pass, that final effort mm-hmm. was wayward. Mm-hmm. Um, the football to get to that point was good enough to get to that point. So it was, had to be at minimum decent. Right. Um, but the, it was it, it wasn't great. I did love um, that Awobi uh, got the winner. Uh, looks like Arsene Wenger's done it again. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually that was a phenomenal finish. It was a great finish. Great composure. And that one touch yeah. took two people out of the game mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. It was it was phenomenal. It's he's he's massive. He's we we were talking about where Fulham was before Afcon, and it was him and Jimenez were hooking up. They were starting to really create some things, and you were like, they're going to be all right. And then AFCON happened, and Fulham kind of fell off a cliff for a while. And right. I was like, fuck, what the hell's going on with Fulham, right? <laughs> They're still in that bottom half discussion currently, but you got to feel like, and we've just said this already, their defense has been really fucking massive for them this season. Oh, yeah. But they're starting to find timely goals, and they're taking advantages of opportunities given to them, and that's what you got to do. And a huge plus here as well for them mentally and, and as a team and, and their togetherness. Um, Paulini didn't play. Mm-hmm. This was a, a organized, gritty, good performance without Paulina, mm-hmm. which has been the glue to their defensive... <laughs> the bulk of the season, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, defensive scheme. Um, and pretty much being that first line of defense where a lot of things don't even make it into the box. Uh, Calvin Bassey, uh, did you see... Do you know his story at all? No, I don't. Please. B- born in Italy. Grew up in Stratford in England. <laughs> so qualified, I think, to play for all three countries. Actually chose Nigeria, much like Awobi did, okay. who was born in England uh, to Nigerian parents. Um, and then... Uh, I got to talking to somebody about this today, actually, and uh, my phone was listening and served up a, uh, uh, because I was talking so much about Nigeria, served me up a compilation of J.J. Akocha's skills <laughs> that I got stuck in the back room of a store looking at for 12 minutes because I watched it through three times straight. Pretty fucking brilliant. Fuck yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Who happens to be Alex Awobi's, like, uncle or yeah, godfather. I think it's uncle. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting mm-hmm. and, and awesome. But. Now nah, it was it was a fucking great performance from Fulham. It was it was very well done, and uh, it just shows Manchester United are not back. What I was about to say wasn't we were all expecting this to finally happen to United, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we were just we were just waiting for the time for them to fuck it off. Hundred percent. And and now they've got uh, City next, which means they'll win. Which you'll be happy about. That's the hope. Yeah. Or I don't know that I've ever actually rooted for United to win a game. Yeah. You're going to be rooting this I don't give a fuck. Yeah, go for it, like, boys. Just please be You're also fucking... not a threat to us. <laughs> it's fine. We turn our attention to the top of the table, but two of the matches honestly belong in it. Well, uh, three of the matches actually honestly belong in Oso. So we're not going to fucking put it in this segment. We're actually going to go ahead and talk about the team that deserves to have their own segment. The fucking Gunners are on fire and continue to score goals. Arsenal four, Newcastle one. I mean, it's you 25 goals in six games. You avenge the previous loss to Newcastle. Yep. And you now have the best goal differential in the league. Yep. Like, you could not have asked for better for, or like, 
and only only Liverpool don't give up the one goal. Liverpool have only scored one more goal than us. Yeah. Now also, so in terms of goals for, Mm -hmm. we're second in the league by one. Yeah. And we have the best goal differential. Uh, It is amazing. Twenty six goals in six games, and we were scoring goals for fun. Mm -hmm. And what I said, uh, you know, kind of comparing Villa earlier about getting their swagger back when we went through that bit of a barren spell in December, right? And had our little blip. It's it's all about how you respond to things, right? And how right. how you come back from that. So that little blip, we've obviously gotten our 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 swagger back. You take another microcosm, and I know we're we're a Premier League based show, obviously, but all the fixtures come into this, um, right? Of course. For the first time in two fucking years, on Wednesday against Porto in the Champions League in Porto, Arsenal failed to register a shot on target. Wow! In all competitions, for the first time in two years. They didn't register a shot on target. Porto did the West Ham thing, and then a bit more athletic, though, and um, did have a little, a few more forays forward than West Ham would have Right. Um, when you watched them in December uh, when they beat us. Um, and so you kind of go in going, fuck, we don't need this going into the Newcastle game. We needed a confidence-building right. win here where we don't particularly play well in Portugal or against Portuguese opposition on a regular basis, we really could have used you know something coming into this game from from Wednesday's Champions League game. Turns out we didn't need it. What we needed was um, uh, was that to be extra frustrated for somebody we were already pissed off at, <laughs> and then it just became a fucking molly whopping because Newcastle could barely get out of their own goddamn half. It should have been a lot more than two. At it the end was of the half. brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I was texting the, the other fantasy league I'm in. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a group chat on on uh, Messenger, and I was like, guys, I said, we got to stay on the throat here. This is, you know, I wanted, I want two more before. I want to go into halftime 4-0 up. Mm-hmm. Like, should be, you know. Um, they didn't exactly push the issue, and I started getting a little concerned, to be honest, because we time and time, you could be the shittest team on the face of the earth. Everybody's got a 12-minute stretch mm-hmm. where they're on top in the game. Yep. And I was worried that Newcastle were going to take those chances, right? And it just so happened that that chance didn't come till very late on, and it was Joe Willock that put it away. So all the Halen boys are scoring uh, in this game. <laughs> now, he did celebrate, which annoyed the piss out of me, but at the same token, he's entitled to do whatever he wanted, and they were already 4-0 down. Right. So go ahead and enjoy yourself. Huh? Right. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Goals shared again. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, too. Is Everybody's scoring goals. Is when people even, are going... You know what? We're so generous. We even shared them with the other team. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> You're, well, we were talking about at the Jan, January transfer. It was like, Arsenal need a striker. Arsenal need a striker. They got to get a striker. Got to get a striker. Well, you don't need a striker. Everybody's fucking scoring. At the moment, yeah, everybody's... Everybody's fucking scoring. Everybody's scoring. It, it was good. Martinelli looked like a man possessed, but mm-hmm. he was doing that thing that we always say about trying too hard right Right. he was um i think he had six shots on his own i think one might have been on target yeah and he he lashed it four or five of them right um but he played very well uh, i thought overall was very positive uh in his play and and again as you said got the assist um he had sock obviously scoring again uh which which was huge uh and then gabrielle uh, thought that he was becoming Arsenal's all-time defensive goal scorer in this game, but uh, a fantastic save from Loris Carius, to be honest. The, the initial save was a very good header. Mm-hmm. Uh, saved it well, um, but was only able to parry it in front of right on the line, essentially, and then mm-hmm. a bit of kerfuffle, and obviously it bounced off of Sven Botman's knee yep. after hitting some uh, probably Fabian Schar, and then um, 
crossing the line, which he did claw out, but it was definitely well well over the line. Oh. And then uh, ML Smith-Rowe hit the post. I mean, it could have mm-hmm. been much worse. Oh, gosh. We yes. could have done him for six again. Oh, yeah. I think you could have. I mean, it, it really was a – but it was a dominant performance. It was exactly what we needed. And I think we can go in now against Porto specifically – the last four times we've played them in a knockout European competition, the last four times we played them, we either drew or lost the first leg and then came back and won either 3-0, 4-0, or 5-0. So the hope is there that we overturn this at the Emirates in the second leg. Right, of course. Which I, from the last, again, six Premier League games, I don't see a reason why we couldn't. So final question, but we're going to turn our attention now to Newcastle. Uh, We know they're starting to get healthy and things have turned the corner for them. Do we think there's enough gas in the tank and fortitude to still find a European spot? Because right now they're on the outside looking in. Um, I think they may have dug themselves too much of a hole because Tottenham are getting healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. They got everybody back, and now we'll have a game or two underneath them. They also now have Timo Werner, uh, who can serve more as a decoy than he can a goal scorer, but still, uh, he can. You know, he's still he's provided a couple of assists. He can still, you know have goal involvements without scoring right um and it's something else for them for people to worry about um villa obviously are playing how they're playing Mm -hmm. uh brighton despite the kind of slip up uh which obviously against you for from their perspective a slip up which will come on to especially being at home um i think they they're good enough uh but i also think they are focused on europe Mm mm-hmm as well currently like trying to to do what they're doing in the europe and west ham came back strong today so i mean that's and they're still i mean they they did enough in the early part of the season that they're still in and amongst the european places currently i think and then let's not forget who is currently in eighth place fucking wolves Mm -hmm. And don't forget about that. If the officials did what they were supposed to do, Wolves would be top of the fucking table. <laughs> Rounding out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. Manchester City 1, Brentford nil. Manchester City 1, Bournemouth nil. Liverpool 4, Luton 1. Everton 1, Brighton 1. Palace 3, Burnley nil. Wolverhampton 1, Sheffield nil. West Ham 4, Brentford 2. Um, the Bees were solid against City the entire time until... Uh, Ire pulled what I'd like to call a, a Stevie G. Might have had a little slip there. <laughs> a Freudian slip, some might say. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I can't help but bring it up. It brings me joy. <laughs> yeah. So, really, all, all three of these games, um, the two city ones and the Liverpool uh, four, Luton one, I I wrote my notes specifically in essentially one paragraph. That's fine. Um, because they were all the exact same blueprint. And this can be said for both of these clubs city uh i only wrote the stats down from the two midweek games but city had 25 shots with 11 on target liverpool had 29 shots with 13 on target right it's just the endless onslaught right of someone's goal and despite being a bit off or you playing particularly well or out of your skin in in luton's case in that first half to taking the lead Flecken being Mark fucking Flecken to, to taking the fucking lead right at Anfield yeah exactly right? um you know and they wouldn't be hugely bothered about how that first half went Luton it's and with Liverpool's injuries right and and City I mean they haven't you know two full starting 11s essentially uh within their squad 
Yeah, but this is also the first time in a long time that they put double digits of shots on goal because yeah. they've been having a hard time. Absolutely. Getting, they're but, getting 20 shots a game. Problem is not thir- on target, yeah. 13 of them to 15 of them have been off target. Right. Every single week. So, But it's just the, the never-ending onslaught. And right. we it's an old cliche. We said it on this show time and time again. Eventually, the dam's going to break. I mean, this is why we say take shots from distance. Draw the team out. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to put them on target or else they're not going to respect it. But if you take a few shots from distance, you draw that, fuck, I got a step to him. Mm-hmm. You create that pocket of space behind. That city's good enough to exploit. And they did. They found Holland in midweek. And on the weekend, uh, it was Phil Foden that found that space. Um, Liverpool, four players found that space. Yeah, But and, it came late for Liverpool but it as came, well. Exactly. And it came in a hurry. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You know, kind of as they were helter-skelter after conceding the first one, bang. You know, you get those those couple extra. Eventually, that dam's going to break because you're not as good. You're not as fit. You're not as as with it. You're not as organized. You're just you're just not. They're right. two they're two of the best clubs in the world for a reason. Right. And they they held serve and now the game in hand's been played, right? Mm-hmm. So you're only a point behind Correct. Us City. With a better goal differential. And you just need scream to, it from the rooftops. You need to do business against them when you play them. And you they still have to play Liverpool and they still gotta play Manchester United. Listen, we're gonna do the business, but I won't be as drunk as JB uh, as he texts me. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. And neither will my arsenal. We're gonna do the business. There. Now I want to take a look at the other sides. We'll talk about Brentford at the end with the West Ham match. Luton, uh, we'll talk about in just a moment because I want to tie that into the next game as well. But for Bournemouth, uh, for a team that's been playing very, very well, they're suddenly right in it down at the bottom. They're not fully safe. They're only about five points out of being right in the race of relegation. Yeah. And granted, they have been playing the, quote, tough part of their schedule Mm -hmm. lately, but if they that that can breed bad habits and you can breed bad thoughts in your brain. But I don't think just, it has been. Yeah. So this happened to Brentford their first season up, right? They mm-hmm. went through that where they dropped like a stone mm-hmm. from what was it, late October, early November through till about March. Mm-hmm. Remember where they were just were not very good? Right. Uh, in terms of results. There they had injury problems that, you know, Luton without Adebayo for a couple of weeks now. What they have been doing is the performance levels haven't dipped. Like I said, they took the lead at Anfield. You can't really ask for more than that. Right. Right? You well, I'm talking expe- more about Bournemouth right now. We'll talk about well, them in a moment. Yeah. yeah. I, I, again, I, I wrote everything collectively here. Bournemouth has been on a, a great run of form and had a lot of chances in the City game. Ederson mm-hmm. bailed them out a few times. What I'm saying is is all of these clubs, inclu- Brentford included on Wednesday as well, did very, very good things for large stretches of all of those games. Mm -hmm. And they can all take positives. If they stepped out on the field and looked like Sheffield United and rolled over fucking belly up, tickle me daddy, Mm -hmm. I'd be concerned. Right. But they didn't. Right. They were just outclassed at the end of the day. You just parked her attention. I think the name of the show is going to be Roll Over Tickle Me Daddy. I think she, when when Mel's head goes, huh? Huh? Like like Groundhog looking around. Just, uh, huh? Huh? What's up? Just take the daddy off. 
I hate saying that. I'm, it makes me so I'm, uncomfortable. I'm now picturing uh, Christmas's favorite toy that uh, Taylor or Christian will design. It's going to be a Tickle Me Elmo with my face on it. So for, <laughs> Luton, so for Luton, they now lose two in a row. They see Everton tie two in a row. That gets Everton now out of the relegation zone. That was already tough. And then they get handed the news today that Everton has four of the points given back to them on appeal and that they will only be docked six points, which then quickly moves Everton from one point from safety in 17th to now five points from safety in 15th. Five points safe. Right, in 15th. Yeah. We've both said it from the start. There's inherently mm-hmm. a problem with this disciplinary process. Oh, and it absolutely. Um, Should have been done. It if is, you do it, you do it all in the summer. In the offseason, you get it done because everybody needs to be on an equal playing field knowing <laughs> what they're starting with and where they need to go. Right. This taking shit away midseason and then giving it back midseason, uh, in my mind, in, in my eyes, um, there is precedent for it in, in Italy. That happened mm-hmm. uh, with Juventus as late as last season um, with them. But... There's always something with Juventus in there. Oh, there always uh, is. Uh, but there's always something with the Italy. <laughs> yeah. As Sorry, we like that to just, say, that like, just tickled my fancy. Like, like as we as we always like to say with the tickle. Dutch as, podcast. Uh, uh, there's your sidekick. Tickle my fancy. <laughs> as as we always like to say, the Dutch a literal people, the Italians. They like a bet. That's a shady people. Oh, they love a good bet, man. They love a good bet. Are you taking the piss out of Newcastle supporters with Tenali right now? I, I'm taking the piss out of all, all because every match fixing everything. Oh, uh, it's all, yeah, 100%. They, woo, they love some men. Um, but, you know, it for me damages the integrity of the competition, having these decisions come down midseason. Yeah. People are, are playing their schedule a certain way. They may rest certain players. We don't have a chance here. Let's rest Carlton Morris or you know whatever. I, I don't know that they did. I'm just saying that the, I, I do know that they did. He played in the game. But my, my point is, is that they may say like, all right, we're, you know, people have done that. They've gone, we're not, we don't have a chance to beat City. Fuck it. Right. You know what I mean? Let's rest our best player. Just don't lose by a lot. And have him on the weekend. Right. Right. When we have, you know, Fulham, who we think we can have a go at or whatever. Mm-hmm. So having these points taken away, given back, and not knowing where anybody stands and what do we do, that could affect people's decision-making in the teams they select. You, I think that's fucked up. Now, it's not Everton's fault. I, I know. It's I'm not, not anybody's I'm not, fault. It's, not, it's the league's fault, and that's what I have a problem with. What I was about to say is you don't think for a second that um, that Palace-Everton game isn't played completely differently? Mm-hmm. If Everton had already had the points back or not taken away, that game got played KG for a reason. Yep. Neither team wanted to lose. Yep. Everton could not afford to lose. If Everton had already had those points or those points had been taken away at the start of the season, they already knew where they were, probably would have taken the game to fucking Palace a little bit more in their own building. Mm-hmm. Palace being the wounded animal that they are right now, missing a lot of fucking key players. Were, sir. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, okay. Um, because they had a training game this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It was a training game against Burnley. Okay, that counted so for down. real points. Yeah, settle down. It was a behind-closed-doors friendly that counted for real points. <laughs> so I think we look at um, the hard part now is there's a lot of speculation, so I'm not going to get too much into it. Apparently, with the points 
uh, being awarded back in the document that is written, there is a chance that Everton may not now face a second charge that essentially the appeal is saying... Aston answered. How can you give him another one if it's over a three-year period? For the how can same you give thing. him two in three years? Right. Well, if it's the but same. if you didn't violate it in the right. second year again, right? You violated it and, in the first year. But they're also saying that the dollar numbers weren't right by the independent board in the first place, which would put them wow, under. The really 15. can't fill the form out, can he? <laughs> right. <laughs> You fucking knob. You he, left a you he, left a zero off, Mashiri. Mashiri's counting ten fingers, ten toes, baby. That's how he's doing his math. <laughs> Got an abacus going and everything. Um, six hundred ninety nine thousand, six hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. Precisely. Shit, where was I? Yeah, exactly. Got to start over. So there's also that in play as well. The other thought process too is that. Because the points of six is based off of being under 20 million. Well, if that's the case, is Forrest going to be deducted 12 points because it was 40 million? Or will it just be six points for the one violation? Will Everton also receive another six? Or will they even be? Because there's an actual date set for a hearing for Forrest. There is no date set for a hearing yet for Everton. So where all of who fucking knows well what i what i don't like so they're looking back at a three-year period it was that middle year is what this violation was for Mm -hmm. right so now we move forward a year so now this would be the first year instead of the middle year of Mm -hmm. a three-year stretch how can you charge somebody again for the crime they've already been convicted of right they didn't add to that issue and you agree they didn't add to that issue premier league so what's how are you trying them again because those you can't go back into the past and change the numbers right so how are you trying them again if they didn't fall foul of it in now the new middle year and the third year which would have been last year right if they didn't fall foul of it how can you charge them again for what is now the the first year which you've already charged which them for? is what the it's fucking ridiculous which is what the appeals right has it's a fucking so- st- the whole thing's written poorly it's a stupid thing to do in the first place it should never be handled during the season right and decisions should be fucking final in my opinion yeah yeah the, the, fuck the appeals process in this case right you know what then set a standard then set a scale if you break it by 20 million six points right. you break it by 40 million eight points you break it by 60 million 10 points you break it 115 fucking times you're forced to sell the club and we absolve you of all your titles in the last seven years and you move down to league two and you fuck get to you. start over yeah Go fuck yourself. Like, come up with a punishment. Come up with an actual punishment scale. Because this, what if you're 39 million fucked and Forrester 40 million fucked and a penny? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's worth two more points? That's yet precisely. Is that worth two more points? It doesn't make a ton of sense the way it is. They can just literally, willy-nilly, do what the fuck they want. And that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. And doing it during the season just fucks the competition. So this is much like how we have been with VAR. We're going to try to not talk about it now because it's until we find out what happens with Forrest. Uh, We will talk about it some, but let's live in the reality that this is now what the table is. The, the other issue is, yeah. we should have been talking about this a month ago. Y- yes. 
Yes. When the hearing was completed. Remember when we did the show last Monday, they said 24 to 48 hours. We found got it today. the next week. We found out seven days later. <laughs> like, I mean, just, are me and you on this commission and we didn't know to file the paperwork? It's, like, at, they're terrible. Is that suit. bad at admin? Is this um, us there? Mel, you have some uh, thoughts from the peanut gallery? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you really are missing out on pure comedy gold from our closed group called uh, Drunkard United FC, which you can find because it didn't on the take Facebooks. more than, what, 20 minutes for that to pop up. For a tickle me, Sammy. Get fucked. <laughs> Let me see. And it's tickling his tum-tum. <laughs> so, Taylor, I'm glad you are watching tonight and having fun. Gold, Jerry. Gold. Gold. Uh, anything else from the group? Nope. Okay, very good. So, Graham, all, all that being said, let's go to the game itself. Um, I can't this believe was, I said that. I knew it was going to happen. I can't believe I said that. This was all Brighton. Honestly, this match was 100% Brighton, but Everton wasn't giving them very good opportunities. And then Jared fucking Branthwaite with a motherfucking crack. Yeah. <laughs> what a Again. hit. So... <laughs> Last year, it was Anthony Gordon and Decore. Or was that the year before? No, it was, uh, last year it was Decore with two and um, and uh, McNeil, Dwight McNeil with two. So it was two years ago that it was uh, Decore and Anthony Gordon that saved mm -hmm. Everton. Yeah. yeah. And so last year, as you just said, uh, was Decore and McNeil. This season seems to be, in true Sean Dyche fashion, a center back that's going to single-handedly save your season. <laughs> Jared Brathwaite is popping up with some fucking goals, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, that you all desperately need. And I'm sure Sean Dyche had the most raging boner ever because from you all, mm -hmm. it was the perfect display of shithousery, frustration, and just everything that would be contained in a little blue pill for Sean Dice <laughs> for him to take and then Love walk it. outside in the snow with no shirt on. There we go. Uh, it was it was excellent. Um, but it, I, I can't believe that Branthwaite's coming up with the goals that he's coming up with at his age, his position, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, for him to be for him to be doing that is 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 crazy. I I still cannot believe. That you all could see to that fucking goal, though. Yeah, Dunk was too open. How do you let him be that open? But but also, that being said, that was like their 11th corner. And at the end of the first half, they got three straight clean headers on corners. You had to have a feeling at some point they were going to connect. Happen, yeah. They were going to connect. But on so I, I lost two legs of my parlay last week uh, mm -hmm. from, from the betting segment. Uh, Manchester United were the other one, but this game happened before the Manchester United game did, so it was absolutely your fucking fault that I died uh -huh. uh, in my bet because Good. I had you all... Um, uh, losing, I think. I think I had you all losing, yeah, yeah. but you, you fucked me again. Yeah, that's the least I could do. You're welcome. It was by the palest man in the league besides Will Hughes. <laughs> You're welcome, sweet well. cheeks. <laughs> Speaking of Will Hughes' team... um. That's called a segue, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Take notes. Professional. Okay? <laughs> uh, red card in the first half ultimately changed this match, but I'd also like to say at that point also, 
guess what Burnley hadn't done yet in that game? Take a shot. Yeah, not even a shot. Not not a shot on goal. A shot. A shot. And the red card happened. It wasn't until the second half that they finally had a shot. I wrote it down. Uh, It happened in the 35th minute, the Mm -hmm. red card. So there was 35 minutes of even playing field. And they didn't Didn't even take a shot. A shot. Yep. It's pitiful, man. It was honestly a better team with more pieces. Like, let's say if Eze and Elise were on the pitch. They'd have won five now. This game would have been three nothing at halftime. Yeah, it would have been over. So, Palace really needed this result. Obviously, oh, they desperately I, needed I'm, this. I'm not sure with this you can call it a new manager bump because Burnley are so bad. You, uh, agreed. But and we said it on the phone definitely over the last week. I'm not sure we said it on last week's podcast or not. But I th- I really believe the only reason we're not talking about Burnley is because Sheffield United have been so bad. Hmm. Burnley are piss fucking poor, man. Well, and also, let's face it, Burnley isn't going to give us the goal, the absolute gold that Sheffield gave us pulling a Newcastle in their game. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. They're not just losing. They're losing in fabulous fashion to the point now that the manager's like, yeah, my team sucks. (laughs) That's what he's doing now. And two, we'll come on to it. Yeah, of course. Because you also almost had... uh, You see, Burnley has been that boring this season that I'm now starting to just already talk about the team that's worse than them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Because they're at least entertaining. There's just nothing happening. I I don't get it. I, I don't understand. But Palace really needed this game. You had all the right people scoring again. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about this a few weeks ago when Villa were starting to pull themselves out of their rut where you had Watkins and Bailey and, and mm-hmm. John McGinn and then Douglas Louise was the next week. And yeah. even though they weren't winning the games, the right people were getting the goals and keeping their confidence up. Yep. And you're seeing that pay dividends now, right? Yep. Same thing, you know, with, with a few other teams, actually, uh, and, and some of their poor results. Key players played very well in those games. And well, and particularly the Chris Richards goal, based off of a set piece, Palace they had mm-hmm. they hadn't scored a single goal off a corner this season, and they, right. had a they hell were the of only team in the division. Even Sheffield United had done that, right? So for them to do that's a that's a step. That's oh, yeah, absolutely. progress, right? So yeah, absolutely the case. There's at least that going for them, right? We in agreement. Josh Brownhill's red card was a red card. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean it's. Hey, I mean, also, I mean, to step this back. This is very to, similar to the red card against uh, Brighton. I was going to step back to that. Yeah, I mean, it was for Billy Gilmore. It, there was. <sighs> it was la- essentially was, last man. Right. For, didn't for play the, the ball. Brown pulled them down. He pulled him yep. down. It's a red card. But in the case of Gilmore, Gilmore, there was no maliciousness in that tackle at all. But the problem was, is it was spikes up and it went down from about the middle part of his calf all the way down to his ankle. Right. And, and Onana <laughs> hit the ground hard. It was an ankle-breaking tackle, and it's not that Gilmore intentionally did it, but... Hey, Scottish, there's always a there's, question. But there's just... It's not even debatable. Like, they didn't even... VAR didn't even take... I said they were just like, yep, decision on the fields, right? That's a red. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it wasn't even... Ah, maybe you should take a look at the screen. It was just, no, 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 nothing to see here. Well, I was like, what we say last week that was so funny about Sheffield United, about uh, Mason Holgate, was that the players were still fighting, <laughs> and the referee just ran to the screen. Yep. VR was like, you gotta go see this. You go fucked up. You, he's <laughs> definitely a red. It's a red card. The um the other question, real quick, if mm-hmm. we're we're gonna talk about the raking, let's go back to Manchester United Fulham real quick. Should Harry um McGuire have still been on the pitch? 
some have suggested that that was a, a clear kind of rake down the leg and, and could have been a red. I do tend to think that that should have been a red. Yeah. I do too. Now, I think it would have been funnier for Manchester United if it was, or, sorry, not for Manchester United, for us, <laughs> if it was a red. Uh, and I usually base my opinions on that, so should have been a red. So a uh, uh, final thought with Burnley here. Uh, Brett, I love him. He's fucking fantastic. He's a great dude, and I love having him, him listening to the show and promoting the show. Brother, your boys have got to start doing something, or we're just not going to have anything to fucking talk about with them. Well, here's, the, here's like it's going to reach a point where, like we've done before with like Sheffield, the last time they went down, where we just, just like, don't care. We just hey, don't even they, care to even talk about like hey, the other team won the something. game. Yeah, you know. Um, so here's not that I'm blaming him necessarily, mm-hmm. but after Dice leaving. You got one, you know, kind of bastard out of town. Mm-hmm. And then he went over on a bit of a pseudo mission earlier mm-hmm. this year. <clears throat> Obviously brought Jesus to the people of Burnley. I think they might be too nice now. Okay. Yeah. Brett, you fucked your team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's... Famously didn't fuck his team. Yeah. Actually, well, well, that's... chastitied his team <laughs> well, you, you when they need to be him. fucked. Yeah. Yeah, so that's we're gonna we'll, we'll blame you now. That's actually Brett. Until the team does something interesting, we're just gonna come up with new interesting facts and blame you for their demise <laughs> this season. So um, know that it's all in love. Bring um, sin back to Burnley is all I'm saying. Make Burnley sinny again. Uh, wolves, wolves, me. But they won. Meh. Yeah. But they won. They, they won, and that's and, and sometimes it's all you need to do because. Don't look now. They're in fucking eighth place. So Sheffield, they're in eighth fucking place, Sheffield, and they deserve to be in the top half of the table too. Sheffield United did look a, a bit more lively in this game, very much so. Couldn't and, finish, and Wolves dealt with it well because, um, and, and this is kind of the mark of an organized good team. You wouldn't have expected Sheffield United to do that based on the last season, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. I have Brewster had a fantastic game for Sheffield. The only problem was he didn't put the ball in the back. I of can't the remember the kid's name. It, wa- it wasn't Rian Brewster. It was the shorter winger the- that had a phenomenal turn and shot kind of half volley mm-hmm. on the right side that um that Jose saw had to save. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely brilliant that turn and shot. But um, but what I mean is, it's very easy. Th- this is the type of game that, especially Wolves in, in decent form as well, in decent nick right now, that would look at this on the calendar. And go, boys, we got a training game this weekend. Easy, no problem and overlook a side that was spirited that they didn't expect to be spirited. So credit to Sheffield United to doing that. But I think it was McAtee who had that shot, and he also had the fast break as well. But bigger credit to um, bigger credit to Wolves for dealing with an unexpectedly lively Sheffield United. Yeah. So like I said, very pre-match, very easy to look past this game and go, fucking this is three points in the bag, no issue. And then they come out and smack you a bit. But Wolves stayed organized. They went, oh, shit, they're actually here to play today. And they fucking stepped their game up, in my opinion. So we had a first in the VAR era. Okay. Because two Sheffield players decided to do their best Newcastle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they actually got head-to-head, Mel, two Sheffield players Head to head, got almost did the like the head push thing to one another. <laughs> VAR had to check it for violent conduct. Well, the one of them took a, one took a fucking to, swing. VAR had to look at 
two teammates for violent conduct. One of them took a swing at the yeah, other one. After they went head to head. Yeah. yeah. Just fucking, I'm like. It's amazing. I, I'm like, stop taking all of Newcastle's bits, man. That's their thing, man, to get people sent off for fighting for each fighting other. For fighting each other, yeah. <laughs> you know? I thought it was quite good. I don't even know what to say about that, to be honest with you. I mean, I guess it shows a bit of passion. It shows that they care, mm-hmm. which we haven't really accused them of caring in the last three months. So maybe that's a good sign. They were mad at each other for something. And Wilder follows up with just going, I mean, yeah, great. There's some, there, there was some effort today, but like. Still, we're fucked. The, the, yeah. the, these boys need to worry about, you know, who where are they going to be next season? Because you got some of these guys out here who think they're probably staying in the Prem and they're not. Like he flat out, I mean, he grabbed all those players by the back of their jersey and the back of their shorts, saw that bus driving right by and went, there you go, boys. Well, so that's actually that that happened to a worse extent in Scotland, and I can't remember the name of the team to be honest with you, and which is a shame. I don't know if it's Motherwell. It's it's somebody of decent quality in Scotland traditionally that this season is absolute dog shit, and it might not even be in the Scottish Premiership to be honest with you. But Livingston, I think, is in dead last right now. But so it could the be yeah, it could be. But the um. The coach there had just come from a League Two side in England. <laughs> and the last, like, four press conferences basically have just been completely scathing of the club, the players, just, to the point where he's like, I just come from a League Two side, and it's, you know, fucking miles better than wow. this. Wow. Like, miles better than this. I mean, these some of these boys don't even deserve to have part-time jobs outside of football. Wow. Their work ethic is so bad. It's Jesus. like, what the fuck? That's hysterical. So Chris Wilder hasn't done that yet. Right. Uh, but he did definitely throw those players under the bus a bit. It's only a matter of time at the rate that uh, they're going. Because remember, <laughs> they are, as of right now, unless something changes... They are statistically the worst defensive team in the history of the Premier League, and there's still 12 games left. Oh, yeah. There's still fucking 12 it's games bad. left. Uh, in the most anti-Moyes football ever, <laughs> Jared Bowen scores a hat trick. and they First put hat up, trick ever. Yeah, way. and they put up fucking four on Brentford. Yeah, Smokey must be losing his fucking mind. Oh, oh, he he was still like he was like that was they did that in spite of Moyes. Moyes still needs to go. Fuck Moyes. Well, you know, you know <laughs> what I I I want to know. Uh, it seems to be the entire linchpin is uh, Muhammad Kudus. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. Nope, that's not who I meant either. I meant Lucas Pakita. Yeah, but because Pakita hasn't played in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kudus was obviously out with the African Cup of Nations earlier in the month, but back now. Um, but back now as well, uh, and all of a sudden West Ham are clicking again. Um, I don't think Moyes trusts Pablo Fornals and some of the other guys anymore, really. And um, with these two guys back in, I don't think you can help but be kind of attacking. Now, it also helps in my mind, and Sam, I I know you've seen this movie. Mel, you've seen this movie too. Um, Did you see Jared Bowen's second and third goal? I I only heard him. I was in the car. Uh, Mel, did you watch the highlights or no? Nope. Okay, so think about a basketball court. Okay. Right? So you've got your basketball court there. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember the 2-3 uh, zone defense? Like so? Yeah. Do you remember this? Three along the baseline, your forward, your center in the middle, and then your two guards up top? I'm with you. Famously. You need a camera right there. Oh, yeah. Fair. <clears throat> Both times, this is how Brentford were lined up. 
uh, mm-hmm. defensively. Now, on the run, mm-hmm. which implies some bit of organization, right? Um, <laughs> but I like to call this Death Star uh, zone mm. marking. Right. Because right there in the middle, which will be denoted on my diagram by a giant circle, is that sweet spot that Luke Skywalker shot a rocket down shot to blow the up the whole fucking down. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that is what Jared and that's exactly did. where Jared Bone was for two of those three goals. Um, uh, and they were quite easy, to be honest. Big shout out to our boy, uh, Scotty, and some of the uh, Baltimore uh, Hammers yep. um, were over in, in, England, uh, yeah. in England. So I've got a picture of them all nice and right proper hammered outside the pub tonight. The Ironside pub on it. Um, uh, West Ham uh, specific pub over there. Uh, Carpenter's Arms. Oh, the Carpenter's Arms. Yep, okay. That's the pub there in front of. And also a little bit of a uh, preview for the EFL show. Scotty went to the uh, Charlton Pompey match and uh, gave us a full match report that you will be reading. Yes, I'll be reading it uh, so, here shortly. Pretty fantastic. It's um, not a bad little email. So here's, here's the key thing to kind of mention with Brentford is They've got Ivan Tony. They're probably going to find goals. They should be okay. But again, you put in this this points back. Now Everton's in front of Brentford. And here's the thing that I've noticed. Unless Flecken is standing on his head, Brentford's starting to give up a lot of fucking goals, man. A lot of fucking goals. And if, if you give up that many to a team like West Ham, it denotes problems. Yeah. The, the defense is not functioning very well no. right now. And, and their answer... But Mopay's getting goals, which yeah. is a positive thing. Weiss is back on the score mm-hmm. sheet for the first time since coming back from the African <laughs> Cup of Nations. You have Tony back, obviously, who's been on the score sheet a few times since coming back from his ban. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would reckon that everything's probably going to be okay. But they're also playing that game like they decided to keep pushing the narrative against a team like West Ham. They love you to do that shit. Oh, yeah, because they want to counterattack the fuck out of you. You still got to go to Everton. Everton will counter the fuck out of you. You still got to play Luton. Luton will counter the fuck out of you. You lose two or three of those, and suddenly... You're only a point out. Right. You're not you're in trouble. And you're suddenly yeah. in it and your goal differential isn't good as well. That does Correct. not help at all. So But I, I thought that they were also uncharacteristically sloppy in midfield. I mean they, there was a couple of giveaways yeah. very cheaply to West Ham players yeah. that initiated a couple of those counters. Huh. Well, the only thing I'm looking forward to is now that uh now that, you know, West Ham's actually scored some goals and Everton has some points back and everything's gonna be like kind of life again. I mean, it'll still be the most boring match of the weekend next weekend between Everton and West Ham, but it won't be as bad as we thought it was going to be. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, but what if Emerson strikes what he decided to do? Again? <laughs> well, I don't because think... that was the goal of the weekend. <laughs> well, that's what be... a fucking hit that was. Well, that's because, like you said, what happened is is people do the bit where they're like, "Oh, we dare you." Well, you dared him, and he went, "Oh yeah, fuck you." Yeah, but. <laughs> If Ariola couldn't get to it, what's old short arms going to do? Oh, old short arms going to have some trouble. You know what he's going to do? He's going to flap. He's going to flap at that. Going to flap in the air. It's going to look even funnier than this one did. Sure money. <sighs> the Keep irony of the joke. Laughing at me. The irony of the joke is starting to wear on my skin mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, Taylor wants to know, which I think could be a betting opportunity. How long until a Blade supporter takes a swing at a horse? <laughs> Not long, but uh, 
If you want to hear something funny about a Sunderland fan, stay tuned for my closing remarks. <laughs> and uh, real fast also, um, Mel brings up your um, Tickle Me Sammy thing, but she doesn't... I didn't say that. But but she didn't bring... <laughs> the, the, you know, I know, but the Tickle Me Elmo is what I'm going with. She doesn't bring up the uh, thing that he did with her and her raccoon in separate cars <laughs> driving away from each other saying goodbye. Sobbing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely. She definitely did mention that you. one. Yeah. Hmm. This weekend, white women. <laughs> so go ahead, Graham. Um, tell us, tell us all about it. Because I can tell you what I did, which was win. I'm. Uh, I lost again uh-huh. uh, because of Everton. I am down uh, a whopping twelve hundred forty-seven. Actually, it's not whopping because it's the medium losses here. Uh, Not good gambling. Pat is well worse off than I am Mm -hmm. still. Um, Yeah, but he's won two in a row. That's fine. I'm not worried about that. Uh, 1247 again, I'm down. So you're welcome. I took one for the team to make you get a point. Thanks. uh, By the way. Uh, But Everton got me again. This season, I feel like I'm trying to tread through a pool of toffee. (laughs) Is what my... Very good. uh, A couple losers. A couple losers says. Excellent. I'll put the couple losers back over here because I don't have to put anything in the couple losers. Let's go ahead and hear what you have to say. (laughs) All right. That's three in a row for me. I am down now only $46. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Did you know that 25.925926% of the time, Mr. Instagram. It always works 100% better to the time than your bet. Nice. <laughs> um, continuing the bit, doing another two-game parlay uh, parlay of favorites. Give me Liverpool to win at Forest and Tottenham to beat Palace at home. That plays plus 128. Get me back in the black. I'm just, I'm just get back to the black. Nice and easy. Nothing too crazy. In next week's episode of White Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Get me back into the black. (laughs) That's called a Piper Perry. And now, it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. That's funnier than it should have been. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, I need another one of these for the next show. You know, the worst part is, is Pat's email is titled, Going to Go Back to Back. Mm-hmm. I read black to black. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey guys and gal, uh, I hit on my one game pick last week, so I'm only down fifteen hundred and seventy dollars. And this week, I'm going to try to push my luck and make it a two game parlay: Villa over Luton and Bournemouth over Burnley on a hundred dollar bet. It pays off at two fifty. You all have a great week working. I'll be thinking about you when I'm hitting bombs, putting for birdies, and cracking beers at ten a.m. It's golf trip week. Oh, that's always fun for him on golf trip week. I know. Uh, which usually means that we'll get a phone call of mm-hmm. very drunk Pat next Monday. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who are new, uh, Pat's a very good friend of ours who normally calls into the show. But, uh, you know, since Graham decided to reproduce again, again you yeah. know, we weren't able to do all those things. So. Multiples. Because yeah. I get laid. <laughs> <laughs> used to before this kid yeah, I was going to say you don't anymore there stud <laughs> hey hey next time you get the opportunity let's try to last more than 30 seconds and you know pull out <laughs> okay it's kind of hard when it's y'all, only 30 seconds y'all this is not injury time <laughs> hey it's men's matters it's men's health it's men's hygiene oh my God. yeah get it out of your system now because next month's women's history month okay these pipes are clean. <laughs> I like that. Nice. Hey, Sam, when do you get your pap smear? 
<laughs> Thank you, stud. All right. So um, what do you got for your bet there, Mr. Graham? All right. So for my bet uh, this week, uh, here we go again. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're a brave boy. <laughs> <laughs> Trust the process and all that. Nine-way parlay. Uh, <laughs> I got Brighton over Fulham away from home. Liverpool over Forest away from home. Tottenham over Palace at home. And then Arsenal to win away at Sheffield United and there to be over three and a half goals in that game. Continuing Arsenal's fine goal-scoring form. That is plus 998. Not good gambling. A $100 parlay. So I'm hoping to take about 75% of my loss away in uh-huh. this one swoop. So do we want to do that now, or do we want to have the chicken do her thing? Do the chicken. Okay. Well, then you heard the man. Do the chicken. <laughs> Well, Kitty's faith in Man U did not fuck things off. Fucked Kitty. And so she sits at 14 and 11. So this week, I gave Kitty the cherries traveling to the Clarets. Now, Kitty showed me some behind-the-scenes footage on the set of I Am Legend. Oh, okay. Oh, it was the second one, the sequel. There's, yeah, there's going to be another I Am Legend, apparently. Uh, I didn't know this, but apparently oh. Kitty is producing the sequel, and Michael B. Jordan is starring in it. There you go. Well, because I'm sure you first thing you wondered is, I Am Legend, didn't the guy die? Well, you know, apparently... Michael B. Jordan is going to be the next uh, I Am Legend. Well, of course you all knew this, but <clears throat> Michael B. Jordan is part owner of Bournemouth, and that coupled with the fondness of the actor's work, I'd say Kitty is picking the cherries to win. She's always said she really loved how By the way, Houston, yeah. I like how you're testing me to make sure I don't pre-read this and mm-hmm. handed me just before the mic went on, mm-hmm. and how fucking good that cold read is. Shit, come by me. I need to save that. <laughs> yeah, missed the goal, but you know what you shouldn't miss? Mm-hmm. This warning on gambling legally and responsibly. I got that. All right. Well, Mr. Graham, what do you got going on over there? Well, before that, uh-huh. uh huh. Given this display that just happened, mm-hmm. ACL or not, you're fired from <laughs> <laughs> training, Tegan. Yeah. Uh, I would like to. I would like to go to the one ball you tried to save, where you went. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he watched me ball it up. He I knew know. what was coming. Was, like I indicated, I pointed to my <gasps> spot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Can't get them all. So there are uh, a couple like a of things. Got to forget. Never Granted, happened. I was aiming to hit you. A uh, couple uh, of things to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, this fine closing uh, remarks and one dickhead to call out. So I'm going to get the dickhead out of the way first. Go for it. Uh, because it actually is quite funny as well. You know how sometimes white people get a little racist when they get mad? Like... <laughs> unreasonably racist mm-hmm. where it doesn't really make any sense still mm-hmm. right it doesn't make sense anyway it's not what i'm saying but at least um they're grasping at fucking straws right nonsensical uh there was a sunderland supporter uh somebody took a i think it was a, a like a brief video of a sunderland supporter while the game is still happening typing on his phone and it was basically a diatribe about getting this French bastard owner out of our club because in 1066, the French started being our enemies and they haven't stopped since they invaded our island. Like, that's how far back it wow. went. Wow. What's that? I stick creeping you? You're a Frenchie? Yeah. 
Hey there, Frenchie. What wrong with you? Perhaps you have crepes stuck in here. Yeah, it's an old South Park thing. <laughs> it was just absolutely ridiculous. And I thought it was very funny, but obviously there's a bit of with Brexit and xenophobia and everything mm-hmm. happening. All uh, of that. And, and all of that. It, it's a bit <laughs> sad as well. But when somebody goes on in just an incoherent racist rant, I think it is quite funny sometimes. And this is one of those times. <laughs> uh, and real short but sweet, um, uh, Sheffield supporters, um, Mason Holgate being black has nothing to do with the fact that he tackled somebody. Oh, was there? Fucking stop it. I didn't even see that. There was, was there a some bunch of that? of that last week, <sighs> apparently. Yeah. I'm so over that. <laughs> Just fucking stop it. I'm so over that. He's a stop. shit player who plays too aggressive. That's why he got a red card. He does that a lot. Has nothing to do with the guy's fucking skin color. Fucking no, absolutely it. not. But, but that being said, if you need to know how to deal with injured or sick wildlife in your area, speak to a local black man. They'll tell you to just run the fucking other way. Right. Don't uh, speak to a white woman. They'll tell you to <laughs> pick it up and nurse it back it. to yeah. health. There's a guy I follow on TikTok. I know. I love that dude. I love it. Yeah. Every time. I would happily let him bite my face off. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. yeah. Every time a white woman. Come here, sweetie. I've got some muffins in the oven for you. Would you like a marshmallow? I'm going to put a sweater on you, and your name's going to be Mike. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the guy that's deadpan. Yeah, yeah. That loves animals. Oh, okay. That's no, no, no. a different guy. No, there's a black guy that all he does is play video clips of white women. Oh, and he goes, I'll no, never no, run no. out of this stuff. And it's always, you know, the white woman befriending the bear, the white woman with the moose, the white woman with the skunk, oh. the white woman like with a tiger and always, you know, what we do. So the, the one guy I'm thinking of is opposite of that. Oh. He, he tells you animal facts and he's very deadpan and he wears corded iPhone uh headphones yeah and speaks into his mic like this like <laughs> onto good. the on the cord excellent and he goes and look at this thing it'll you know it, like it's a baby hippo and he's like look how cute it is i would love to hug this baby hippo and cuddle this baby hippo and i'm going to even though it'll probably bite my face off yep no. and like he yeah. says shit like that gotcha. I'll, I'll find a clip for you at injury time but it's just it's the funniest shit and it's right. like constantly i'll never run out we of need stuff. to get to this last thing and get on to our next shows anyway so we got three things we're celebrating Okay. Mm-hmm. No Malort Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Ooh. We all got results. Uh, and then also the end of an era. Okay. Uh, old Roy the boy has retired um, officially mm-hmm. uh, following his health scare at Crystal Palace's training. Um, the word is he was probably going to be sacked anyway or work out a mutual consent statement regardless. Uh, with the illness, obviously, things got a bit rushed and convoluted and everything else. Um so, I mean, it's a man whose managerial career started before I was fucking born. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a staple uh, in in English football in a lot of other countries as well. Um, one of the most traveled English managers mm-hmm. um, in the game. Uh, coached in Italy, coached in, uh, I believe he coached in Spain, definitely in Scandinavia, in a few different Scandinavian countries as well, uh, Sweden, Denmark, um, and is revered. Uh, pretty much everywhere that he went and um very sad that it ended in this way it's a you know could be viewed as a bit of an undignified manner in which it ended but it did end and it is uh quite sad and i feel bad for the guy and Mm -hmm. uh he needs to be celebrated and talked about you know a lot like how wenger left and everybody was kind of like wenger out like we fucking need to move on Mm -hmm. when he finally announced it we got a chance to celebrate him right I think it's finally after the last six weeks. It's time to celebrate Roy. Very good. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, how toxic it's been at that mm-hmm. club. It's time to celebrate Roy and, and the things he did because Palace were in a bad way uh, when he came the first time, and they were in a very bad way when they rehired him. Mm-hmm. And he did turn that around for the most part. Yep, I agree. Um, and he's almost now, in, at least in English football terms, synonymous <laughs> with Palace mm-hmm. uh, in, in my mind. Yeah. Um, so that's something that needs to be talked about. And then Joe Hart mm-hmm. yep. retired. Uh, but last four or five years been a bit of a meme, obviously, with, with some of his Eng- uh, England performances um, uh, from back in the day. But there's a guy that could have gone – <clears throat> to a Burnley, to a he went to Spurs, but could have gone to a Burnley, to a Leicester, to a somebody and been a number two and just kind of wasted away and collected his check and moved on. But he didn't. He wanted a challenge. He went to Spurs uh, to try to win that starting job. Didn't was by all accounts a consummate professional in training um, and everything else that he did. Uh, and then decided, you know what? I'm not happy with this. Goes to Scotland, fights for his place in Celtic's team. Becomes Celtics number one. Mm-hmm. Wins five fucking trophies with Celtic. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you will say that's not difficult in Scotland. But when Rangers are afoot, it is. It's one of the two of you. But it could be both Both trophies are the other one. Right. Very easily. Yeah, exactly. And you finish trophyless. He didn't. Yeah. And uh, he's been an integral part of that Celtic team that has won those trophies. And fucking mm-hmm. well done to him for not sitting down and, and taking it away. But he announced his retirement this week as well. Mm-hmm. So what I thought is, uh, since we're celebrating all of these three things, we would do something that is all the craze right now. Uh, something that just got released in this past week across the country. Oh, I'm hoping. Yeah, it is. Some Crown Roll uh, Blackberry. Let's ex- take a quick shot. Excellent. Let's definitely do a shot of that. I'm uh, excited to try it. Chats are ringing in. Uh, mm-hmm. Graying sideburns. He says, Uncle Roy's a legend. Took us to a European final. Mm-hmm. Sure, Billy. Thank you, Roy, for your service. Uh, to all the clubs you played and coached. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's worth. He's. Remember, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, You know, Jose Mourinho famously said just the last time that he was with with Crystal Palace and uh, Jose was with uh, Spurs, he said, he's our boss. He's our boss. He's everyone's boss. Yeah, Yeah. he... He's he's our boss. We don't talk shit about Roy because Roy's the fucking man. Uh, oh. Sure, Billy also says the French suck. <laughs> All right, cheers, <laughs> kids. Switch my tattoos in French. Uh, cheers, kids. I'm excited to try this. I one. saw my. This is the most gimmicky thing that I'm excited they to give a tend to, They tend to do so flavors good. well. It does. It smells fucking delicious, oh. doesn't it? Doesn't smell medicinal. Oh, that's good. Come on. It's still got enough oh, that's heat, good. so you take it seriously. It's not overly sweet. Yeah, it, I love it. It it's does really resemble good. high-end NyQuil. Yeah. It's a little medicinal, but not terribly medicinal. Hence why I, I said high-end, yeah. top shelf. This is not the stuff they serve at CVS. It's, it's less medicinal than Buckfast, and I love Buckfast. Uh, Grandma, I want that uh, bottle in your freezer. Mm. I think that needs to get ice fucking cold. You know what else I put in my freezer? The What's other that? Day? Uh, bottle Shor- of Jaeger. Shorberly ah, says, there we go. Uh, oh, look, a bottle of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely bad decisions. Well, but- excuse me. I like to think they're good decisions. Uh, I tell you what, man, there's, you know, uh, obviously Fireball's the industry leader as far as a cinnamon shop goes, but I would say Jack Fire is better. For honey, Jack is hands down the best of the honeys. Well, you haven't had Tully honey yet. Uh, it, it's true. I it's haven't had the Tully honey. It's fucking good. 
It's but, brand new. You haven't had it, but, but it's, it's on the good. Apple on the Apple side of things, mm-hmm. the hands down the best Apple is it's absolutely crown. crown. Yeah, absolutely crown. So the bag is a nice oh, blackberry nice, color. Nice, yep. love it. All themed. All right. Well, uh, next up is the EFL show, and if you're on the live stream, by all means, hang out. We'll uh, go ahead and continue, but we're going to take a quick break to just get some more beers and everything. And take then after, piss. and then after that, we're going to do injury time, where we uh, preview the weekend's action. We talk about our adopted team, the Ibs, and everything that's going on in fantasy. Should somebody want to find injury time, Mr. Graham, how do they go about doing that? It's patreon.com forward slash D football show and just sign up to that one five dollar tier. You get all the extra content. Like we said, uh, you get to hear the full white women's story as well as some other stuff. Um, but as Sam said, stick around so we can put a bow on the weekend. <laughs> I saw what you did there. Till next week, everybody. Guten Tag. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!